Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. What happens when we don't accept that loss and failure are necessary for growth? What has us stay in careers and relationships way past their due date? And are we making things a lot harder than they need to be? On a recent coaching call, my client and I had a discussion about loss, failure, and letting go of our expectations for the future. At the time, I'd recently just come back to our home that was significantly damaged by Hurricane Florence, and my client was dealing with the struggles of trying to fund his startup. If you're wondering why it feels really hard to control how things are now, much less in the future, then I hope this conversation will be helpful for you. It's great to be able to look into these dark corners instead of be delusional, right? It's not that we get stuck there, uh, but it's just that willingness to look in there. And and there's a real strength that comes with it. there's a freedom that comes with it when mm-hmm. we realize uh, one of my mm-hmm. one of my coaches uh, Phil Stutz uh, taught me this mm-hmm. phrase only the dead survive. So when mm-hmm. we're willing to die to our expectations when we're willing to die mm-hmm. to our preconceived notions then we get right. to survive and re- be reborn. And so it, yeah. it, and, and that's I, I, if, I see that mythological process unfolding in in myself over the past, you know, several weeks. Yeah. Right, I, mm-hmm. I let it go. Mm-hmm. I was like, "It's done." You heard me on the last call. I was like, "It's done." Right. And then you find the next iteration. Right. There's the next mm-hmm. version of what things can look like. But we we do need to die to things on a regular basis. It's just part of that that natural creation of destruction process. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. If if we if we get fixated on how things are supposed to be and you know, thinking life is this constant linear line moving upward. There's nothing like that in our world and in, in nature. So I, 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 you're, you're demonstrating the thing I want to encourage you with is you're demonstrating this very resilient mindset. And I don't, it doesn't occur to me as this like, woe is me up and down, you know, kind of neurotic version of, that, it, that we can have. It's just like, okay, here we are. This is what it is. And, and then you've been willing to respond 
in each one of those circumstances. So I want you to see this and I want you to internalize it because one of the reasons we started working together was to develop your leadership skills, right? To really have you take your seat as the leader. And this, it's this shit. Mm-hmm. It's this stuff. It's not expecting that things will always be nice and even and upward moving. It's like, okay, I'm willing to die. I've died before. Right. And I will be reborn. I will be reborn as this. There was something on the other side. That's an interesting perspective, uh, how you can learn from and, uh, and it's, I guess, and develop, right? Probably less conscious learning, but more just personality development as you go through these phases of death and rebirth in various aspects of your life. If you look around, you'll watch people that are resisting death and um, it's always egoic what I'm talking about here. But these mm-hmm. people that'll stay in positions way past their due date, right? They'll stay mm-hmm. in relationships that are way past their due date. You know, it's, it's, and it's unfortunate that we lose time there. We lose decades there because there's this question of who am I if I'm not this person if, with this role or with this position or whatever it might be. And so they miss out on that opportunity to be reborn into the next phase. And it's way easier for us to sit here and talk about it in a theoretical sense, right? It's terrifying to go through those places. But if you, if you understand it's part of the process and you practice it, it's a lot different because most of us are just resisting. Like something's really wrong. (laughs) that this is happening, it's like, no, this is natural. So I I could see how you can identify, Oh, I'm in a death phase or a a dark night and say, yes, this is natural. Uh, is there something more that you can do during to, to capitalize on these periods of darkness? I think that it ultimately comes back to connection with self, right? So if I get lost in what 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 I believe society is expecting of me, if I be, or my partner is expecting of me, or and it's all within my mind, right? If I get lost in what I should be doing or what I'm supposed to be doing, those are in quotations. That's where I will lose my authority. That's where I will lose my own inner guidance system. But if I can slow down and I can stay connected to my yes, okay, given that this is what's happened, this has been my process since this storm is like, holy shit, this storm's really heading our way, right? There's just a realization like, this is really freaking out. Holy shit, we're evacuating, right? Holy shit, we're we're going into, we don't know what's next. But it's it, it just becomes a moment-to-moment thing. And w- many of us are not willing to get out of the future in order to live in the moment or to, to resist this. We, we don't want to give up our, our, our perceived ability to control the future in order to just handle what's happening in the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Most of us are, are living years, months, weeks ahead instead of what's right now. And so I think whenever we're facing these kind of death phases, it just becomes more about what's happening right now. What's happening right now? How do I want to respond? What's my yes? And what I've found is that's really all we can do anyway, right? The, but the, neur- the neuroses and the fucking batshit crazy anxiety stuff is always rooted in future. Absolutely, yeah. And most of the time we feel that we feel that powerlessness yeah. because we can't do anything in the future, right? We can only do what's now. So I'm not trying to write a fortune cook, fortune cookie here for you, 
but it really is just to come back to, all right, if I'm in this place and I don't get a handle on, I, you know, I don't get to control the future, then what's the very, very next step in front of me instead of step seven or eight? What's the very next step in front of me? And if you look at what's been helping you, that's what you've been doing. You've just been coming back to, okay, what's the very next step? And so what dies is that expectation of I'm going to control the next eight years. It just comes down to I'm going to work on the – it's right now. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) that's okay. So uh, you can think of what was dying was my seed round plan. That's what was dying a few weeks ago. And what has been reborn is my pre-seed plan. Just as a rough approximation. Yeah. Right? I realized that the seed round plan was dead. You know, we thought, we, you know, that that was going to be the answer after our Series A plan failed to get traction. But now the seed round plan fails. And now, but I, and it has emerged from the ashes. And it has some support, limited support. Like I said, I've got half of it committed already. You've been, you've been um, agile at this process be- because comparatively speaking, there's been a lot less ego stickiness in this. It's, it's not been about you. But when I work with other mm-hmm. guys, there's this, there's this constant pissing match going on, which is if I don't get around for more than $8 million, I'm a loser. Mm-hmm. They, there's, a, they, there's attachments to yeah. meanings that so get created. That, that, yeah, that, that must be hard to get rid of. Oh, it's huge, and it's and it's really why yeah. I believe so many companies fail, and just because I've been on this side of it as I talk to guys, and I'm like, wow, that's going to be the reason is you won't, you're not willing to, you'd rather take an F here instead of downsize it or whatever because that looks worse, yeah. right? So there's this self-image piece that that gets protected the attachment to the self-image piece. And that's what I mean by this death process. They're unwilling to have that die in order to go create the freedom and the aliveness and the peace and the love that they really mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. They're attached to some uh, vision uh, of what success means to them. They're attached to the meaning, sense. their reflection of their right. self-image. So what does this say about me? What does this mean about me? So the eight million doesn't mean operating costs and design and blah blah blah. It means I'm I did I'm successful because my brother did a six million one right, right? like whatever. Right. It's the craziest right. Right. shit the ever. Yes, out. my round is bigger than your round. And unfortunately, there's a it's n- maybe not as obvious, uh, but there's a lot of this stuff that's subterranean. It's it's in there. It's mm-hmm. baked in. And you'll, you'll start to sense it when people are wobbly on their yes or their no, and it doesn't make any rational sense. This is it, right? Mm-hmm. So in the Star Wars compactor, that, that motherfucker underneath the, the water, like this is it. Mm-hmm. The self-image thing is the monster. And, it, and it, you won't know where it strikes or when it strikes. Yeah, right. It's, it's hard to see. It's hard, to, hard see, to see. But it's in there, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. It, but it's this. And it will destroy companies. It'll destroy marriages. It'll destroy all this stuff. It is a ruthless, ruthless animal. And it's because we usually are, it's a blind side. What's been your process for uh, making, because everybody starts with that. 
right? Uh, I think some people uh, manage to make the unconscious conscious through various practices. I'm wondering what your practice has been that's allowed you to get a handle on that. And it's really, you never get rid of it. You just, uh, it's always with you, but it, it becomes less destructive in your life. Yeah, like so. I was I, I, the most recent work I did with. Uh, so Phil's been Phil's the guy that I was working with most recently, and it just sneaks up. It's like mm-hmm. fuck, really? There it is. Like there it is again. That's what. It, that's my thing. It's like there it is again, and it's in mm-hmm. this form. So there's two. There's two things that show for me, which is self-image stuff, needing to appear a certain mm-hmm. way, and I can be really blind mm-hmm. to that. So what that does is it keeps me from asking for help. I'm the guy that can help others, mm-hmm. but for me to ask for help, uh, I, there's an unconscious belief that it means I'm needy. It means it, yeah. it just, it's all shadow stuff, which is I yeah. need to hide the needy, scared, weak part of me. So I have a hard time teasing apart what, it, Hey, I could use some support. I could use some help here, which is different than that collapsed, scared little boy. So it doesn't occur. It doesn't even occur to me yeah. to say, Hey, who could help me here? It's like I'm fucking on my own. Right. It's me against the world. Yeah. Which is a really fun place to live. So yeah, sure. that it, it shows up there, and then uh, so the the self image. Any piece, particular practices that you found to be helpful to kind of uh, make that? It helps you know, to have less impactful. Yes, it helps to have friends, and I I they I make them aware of this, so they push mm-hmm. me. That push is this one of those things mm-hmm. you're doing trip where you you go you isolate mm-hmm. and you're like oh right, and then my own just self awareness of when things start to feel hard, when it starts to feel like a grind, is it true that I can't be helped? Is it true that I can't be supported? Mm-hmm. So I did this this morning, which is um, I. I'm basically shutting down a lot of my processes as I start to work on the book so I can just focus and knock it out. Mm -hmm. Well, there's an anxiety there, which is like, well, how do I continue to keep certain operations going so that my business can keep moving forward and new clients will show up and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I could just ask. I could ask some of my my (laughs) other friends that are coaches to send me clients. I send them clients all the time, but I never ask for that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could ask for referrals. I could start. And that, that <laughs> needy part of me, that or that part of me that wants to hide the Light needy part. Yeah, but that it's like, no, yeah. don't do that. And I was like, I fucking send them clients all the time. Why wouldn't I just say, hey, I'm going to want to shut some of this stuff down. I want to, But I also want to still have an inflow of new opportunities. Could you guys send me some? Right. And so I did that this morning. And it still felt like I... Like shit. It was like, just like, Oh God, is that okay? Like I'm still, it it doesn't mean it's going to be a yes or comfortable, but they know my, they know my shit enough to be like, Oh wow. Cool. Trip's showing his belly. He can be supported here. You know? Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Um, but so that self-awareness piece, but if I actually get connected with myself, if you take the time to get connected with yourself, what am I feeling? Oh, this feels really hard. And then I, I have an idea what my shit is. Then it's like, oh, does it need to be this? Is this, am I making it harder than it needs to be? Mm-hmm. Am I making it harder than it needs to be? 
that's that's typically the blind spot, which is, oh, I can only raise eight million. I can't do a million. That means I'm a loser. Or I can't reach out and ask for help because that means I'm a loser. Or you right, you start to look at the conditions yeah. we we impose on ourselves, which are more about protecting self-image than what's what's needed or what's effective. Yeah, it's uh, helpful to, to to make clear the, what's been going on over the past few weeks and uh, see how it was actually, even though it felt like a death, that it was actually a, a productive generative process and something new emerged. So th- that's one of the things I love about our calls, actually. It doesn't happen on every call, but we regularly integrate these learnings. Yes. Right. So that's that's, uh, that's one of the more helpful things uh, mm-hmm. that you do on these calls. Just FYI. Great. It's not, and it's something uh, that I'd like to integrate into my own life. It's to be able to do this myself. Is to integrate these learnings because I tend to, you know, just uh, not extract as much information as I can from uh, each learning experience. Right. It's so important. I, I found that it's so important because I've, I've had the opportunity to work with certain guys for years. And I found that, like, we've been through this, right? And it's like, oh, but they're mm-hmm. not integrating it into their story. Right. And so it they don't see themselves as somebody that can die and be reborn. They don't see themselves as somebody that can do X and then turn to Y. And it's like, oh, that's all integration stuff. Even though we've done it, they just stay in firefighter mode. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not helping them. So it's it's really critical, I found, and this is one of the reasons why I think it's, you know, it's just the being able to work with people over the long term. You start to see this over and over again. It's like, oh, that's why integration is so important. It's not just helping people get through this bump right now. If you really want to stand in this powerful place and own all your capabilities, you, you got to write that story. You got to write it down. Yeah. Thank you, Trip. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.